This is the So Worth It podcast, a place where we're talking about growing a business while raising a family, not to mention all of the crazy, fun, and hard stuff that comes with it. I'm sure I don't have to tell you, none of it's easy, but it is so worth it. If that sounds like your sort of thing, stick around. I'm your host, Jackie Ellis. Welcome to the show. Hello, and welcome back to So Worth It. So today, I'm just going to jump right into the content. We are talking about launching, not just launching, but what to do in the middle of a launch when you feel like your sales aren't where they should be. This has actually been a very hot topic recently because we've had a lot of people coming to us saying, you know, launching used to work better for us than it has been recently. Launching is a tricky thing. I mean, this is something that we are addressing with clients, that we are addressing with people that want to work with us, and making sure that before you're spending ads, I'm sorry, before you're spending money on ads, that you actually know how to pivot when you're in the middle of a launch, that you have a launch that has converted converted well already, and that you're not just gonna be wasting money trying to get cold people to sign up for something that you're not going to get as many sales for as you had hoped. All right. So we're going to jump right in here. So number one, like I had just mentioned, we really want to make sure that we have a launch that we know how it converts before you're running ads to cold, uh, to cold traffic, meaning people who have never heard of you before. Because we know that people who have never heard about you before, who have never seen your offer, depending on where they are in their own awareness, um, they may or may not be even ready to buy your offer. And what I mean by that is sometimes we, sometimes we, and when I say we, I mean like all businesses in general, people running ads. Sometimes people running ads are running ads speaking about a particular pain point that people don't even know that there's a solution to. Okay. And that might be a little bit too far for that person seeing the ad too far away from jumping into buying the, buying your offer. Okay. And so we have to think about that where the person is that we are attracting them into your world. That is probably the biggest, like the number one thing when you're going to be running ads to a cold audience is we can't be attracting people too early in their journey. It depends on the offer, but the bigger the price tag, the bigger the commitment, the closer we want to attract them to knowing that there is a solution or knowing about your particular solution. Okay. So that is the very first thing. Once you have launched, maybe you've launched to your email list or you've launched, um, done a JV launch or something that you have actually had purchasers come in. You know that people are buying this thing or you know what rate you are converting people into your offer. Then you could start running cold ads, but I don't recommend straight out of the gate with a brand new launch, brand new pod, uh, product to be running ads to cold. It's just an investment that you might not recoup that very first time. So that being said, however you are in your launch, whether you have cold people, warm people, whatever, there are some clues that you can look at to see how 
how um, high quality the leads are that are in your launch and if they're taking actions that you want them to take. Okay, so the first thing that you could do is really look at your email open rates. When someone opts in for your thing, let's just use a webinar as an example here. When someone signs up for your webinar, you should be sending them a confirmation email. Yay, you're registered. And then maybe some nurturing emails and some reminder emails. Those could be combined, but regardless, you're sending them a series of emails leading up to the webinar. Now, if people are not opening your emails, <laughs> that is a sign that they might not know what is going on. They might not be the right person. You might be speaking to something that they are not concerned with or that they are not concerned with right now. I actually have had this experience a couple times myself recently where I signed up for a free training and then I get these emails that kind of felt like they were about something else. They weren't really aligned with the thing that I signed up for. So I opted out. I never showed up for the free training because I felt like, oh, turns out that wasn't really the thing that I thought it was. So that wasn't for me. Okay. So look for clues with that. And a big clue is, are people opening your emails? And if you're giving them something to click on, are they clicking? A lot of times those emails don't actually have anything to click in them, but keep that in mind too, because you could send them somewhere to give them additional value before the free training happens. So if you have a podcast like this in your reminder emails, you could send them to a podcast episode or you could send them to a blog post or something to see if they're how engaged they are with you. Cause if they click on that, they're pretty engaged. Another thing that you could do is implement a quick uh, survey somewhere. Your survey could be on your thank you page after they sign up for your free thing. It could be in an email. Of course, they'd have to open the email <laughs> in order to access the survey, but a couple quick questions. And if they don't have to enter any information and all they have to do is click on something, they're more likely to actually fill out the survey. So keep that in mind. But a couple quick questions might give you better insight as to who your ideal person is. So let's use my business as an example here. If I am trying to attract business owners who are um, six figure, mid six figures, let's say, for this one particular offer and that have a funnel in place already, like a freebie funnel or something, then my survey after they sign up, it might just be click on the link that best describes you. And it could be, I'm just starting out and I've done zero marketing. I, or I am, I have a funnel and I'm generating leads daily, but want, you know, to, to move faster, whatever, or I, you know, whatever the highest level of thing is, I have an eight figure business and something, 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 right? So I have a kind of not qualified person, a qualified person, and then probably an overqualified person. Okay. So if they just click on one of those links or choose the one that best fits them, there could be some automation in place that automatically tags them in my CRM so that I know that those people that clicked on that fall into that category. And then I would be able to look and be like, oh, look, 60% of the people fall into option B, which is my most, quali you know, my most qualified person. That's perfect. 
Okay. And then I don't have to wait. The thing is when you're in a launch, there's not a lot of time to figure out if you have the right people and the right offer and the right thing or things before you open that cart and hear crickets. So we want to make sure that while we're not making it too complicated, the launch, because it's so easy to make things too complicated, we don't want to make it too complicated, but we're also creating a situation for ourselves that we can read some data and clue into that. What that data should tell us what to do next or what to focus on or how things are going. So it's not a shock when we get to the open cart. Okay. So another thing that you can do ahead of your cart opening to boost your sales is increase your show up rates. We know that people that show up for your live training are more likely to buy. They might not buy on the live training. They might still have to think about it, but they are more likely to buy, especially if they engaged with you on that training. So increase your show up rates, send text reminders, run engagement ads, um, send more emails, connect with people in any way that you can to get them to show up more, bribe them, give them a free gift for showing up, (laughs) Um, give them a scholarship opportunity for showing up or a discount or a bonus call bribes. Hey, I'm never above bribing people to show up because they get something out of it and you get the chance to engage with them. Another thing that you want to do is if you have a Facebook group that is open alongside your free training, or you are engaging with people in the actual free training is that you or someone on the team needs to listen. You need to listen to the questions that are being asked during the training. Not just, oh yeah, sure, we heard that or something like, write it down, take screenshots. What are people responding to? I will attend trainings all the time for my clients and they'll ask a question or they'll say something and then all of a sudden the chat just blows up, right? There was something really powerful in what they said that made people respond. Sometimes it could be, you know, put a yes in the chat if da 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 and people will put yes. Other times it's organic. It's like people are just responding to that because they connected that, that statement was powerful to them. And we need to pay attention to this because whatever that statement was should be probably reiterated across other channels or in your emails or in your subject lines or on your sales page. Like there was something powerful about that. And if you're overlooking that, pay attention. And it also can create a great FAQ opportunity for you. So maybe you don't have FAQs on your sales page, put them on there, address these questions that people are asking, or it could create another Q and a call opportunity. So at the end of your webinar or in your sales emails, you could say there are so many questions that so many of you have like this, this, and this, that I would love to answer live on a Q and a click here to join me on Monday at 10 AM or whatever. I'm going to hop on and answer your questions live. Ask away. Right? So paying attention, answering questions, 
paying attention to what is resonating with people and making sure that that is trickled throughout your marketing. Really, really important. Now, the things I don't recommend when it comes to boosting your sales mid-launch is probably pivoting your offer. That would be messy and kind of crazy. Um, I would not recommend scrapping the things that you are doing. Unfortunately, when we get to a certain point in the launch, we have to, in my opinion, we have to see how things play out. Okay. It doesn't mean that you have to be satisfied with not getting sales or as many sales as you want. These things are clues that can tell you what you need to do. Like the email open rates, the surveys, increasing the show up rates, listening, um, trickling that those questions throughout your sales page, uh, FAQs, all of those things are things that give you clues as to what you could do to, to boost your sales. But so it doesn't mean you have to just sit by and let the launch play out. But what I don't want you to do is just completely pivot everything. Launches are already stressful and you're not going to know what to change next time. And yes, there should be a next time. You're not going to know what to change next time unless you pay attention to all of these things. And when you pay attention, I would say also track them. Okay. Write these numbers down, create a spreadsheet that says, this is what our open rates were. This is what our click through rates were in those emails. These are how many people marked each of the tabs, um, or each of the options on the survey. These were our show up rates. These were the questions being asked. This was the engagement rate, right? And every single time you launch, you can improve those metrics. Now there's some things that our clients like to do after the launch happens to increase sales. And one of those, actually one of them happens before the cart closes. And that would be even the people on your email list that did not opt in for your webinar, you can send them some sales emails. Why not? Just because they weren't interested in your webinar doesn't mean they're not interested in the thing that you're selling. Sometimes they just don't want to invest the time to show up, but they want to see what it is that you're, you're offering, what the solution to their problem is that you have. So I wouldn't send the entire sales sequence. Usually that's like seven to 10 emails. Um, you could send an abbreviated version. Uh, you could craft a sequence just specifically for them, but, you know, in, in the spirit of saving time and stress, I would probably just consolidate some of those emails. Just keep in mind that your audience is on a different journey than the webinar people, right? Your audience that did not sign up for the webinar, they're on a different journey. They didn't see your offer yet. They don't know what's coming. They didn't raise their hand to attend that training. So you do have to come at them a little bit differently initially, at least and then give them the chance to opt out if they don't want to hear about this promotion, because you definitely don't want to lose them as a subscriber just because they're not interested right now. So that I believe Amy Porterfield coined the term sales booster sequence. And that has been what has always stuck with me. That's that special sequence. It goes to the people who didn't necessarily sign up for the webinar, but you're still selling to them. And then after your cart closes or when it's really, really close, sometimes this is the time to add in an additional payment plan. Now I've talked about this many times on the podcast before, 
how pricing really isn't an objection. <laughs> I know that's probably a controversial statement to make because people will say that they don't have the money for it or it's too expensive or whatever, but that's usually not the reason that they're not buying. It's because they don't see the value or they don't believe that you are the person that can deliver them the results or that your program can deliver them the results or whatever. It's usually not the price, but sometimes when we make the price more accessible, meaning it's spread out over multiple payments, that objection, the value to price objection kind of fades away. So it's not that we're making it more affordable because it's really pretty much the same price. In fact, sometimes it costs a little bit more when you do a payment plan because we have we build in a little bit of that risk, right? So for a $997 program, we might do a $97 payment plan for 12 months and that really comes out to about $1,200 instead of a thousand. So it's actually more expensive, but what they feel is the value that they're getting right now is more than they're paying this month or this moment, right? It's kind of a weird way to think about it, but that's another thing that you could implement after the fact or as cart is closing. If you're not getting the sales that you are looking for, add in a payment plan and you can say, Hey, last minute payment plan. We are just added or something like that. And then the last thing is a downsell. And this could be a downsell after your cart closes. That's probably what I would recommend is that if people did not take you up on your offer, they did not buy, maybe it was because the program felt like too much of a commitment of time or money or whatever. And you have another bite sized thing for them or just smaller, um, smaller thing that they could take you up on that would still get them started to solving their problem. And that would be a great way to boost your sales as well. All right. That is it for me today. I hope that you found this episode helpful. If you are launching, best of luck to you. If you are looking for help with your launch or your ads, then of course, reach out. You can find me on Instagram at I am Jackie Ellis. Hard to remember, right? <laughs> All right. Bye for now. Thanks so much for listening today. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. As always, you can find show notes, links, and more over at Jackie-Ellis.com. And if we haven't connected yet, make sure you come find me on Instagram at I am Jackie Ellis and shoot me a DM. Let me know what episode you listened to and what you thought. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks so much for being brave, being amazing, and just being you. I can't wait until next time.